co-host with me and i'll let them introduce themselves hi everyone it's ife hey guys it's omyeka aka yeka all right so on today's episode of not your african cliche for some reason and i'm just going to delegate that reason to the spirits um i thought that one conversation we could have on the podcast is a discussion about how we as people and individuals have changed over time, but also talk about change itself as a process and also talk about how we tend to perceive other people's changes, either people who are friends, people who are family members or just coworkers and everybody else that we interact with. Um, And also talk about how people have responded to the ways that we have also changed. So <laughs> when I put this out there into the group chat, it was like mm, deep. <laughs> so we'll see, <laughs> we'll see where the conversation goes. Zero pressure whatsoever. But I wanted us to start off by talking about oneself and what do we think about this idea of the self being fixed. Do you think that's true? Do you think that's false? And if you do, why do you think that is? And anybody can feel free to take this away. I could go. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, please. This is Ife. So I think that ourselves aren't fixed. I think there are maybe some core personality traits that we have mm. that either get amplified or or subdued depending on the circumstance but Mm -hmm. the idea of a self being fixed i i disagree with that because i think that people are a combination of their past experiences their current their past experiences and their current environments so you know we carry our i don't know if this is a quote though Mm -hmm. but like essentially we carry our past selves with us or we carry our past experiences with us where we Mm -hmm. go Mm-hmm. And our environment also like shapes us and and makes certain things bloom or or subdue certain things. So yeah, mm-hmm. Yeka baby, what do you think, Auntie? Um, hmm. <laughs> I I agree with Ife in the sense that I don't. There are things about us, depending on you know the circumstances that we're in that would either be amplified or subdued. And so by the very nature of that happening, um, that defeats the concept of a fixed self. Um, I also think like in terms of like 
a being, you know, the spirit, soul, and body element of that. I think in so many ways, our bodies are never fixed. Well, I can't speak for anybody else, but my body is definitely never fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's in a constant state of flux, um, depending on environmental situations um, and life choices. Um, but I think I find it really hard to say that we are like we can be fixed. I think some people can choose to be fixed in mm-hmm. a certain state, but I don't know that that's the natural state of being. Mm. And do you think that the concept of like ourselves, like being able to change, like either be amplified or subdued is a good, or I don't even know if it's, we need to think about it in terms of good versus bad, but do you think it's necessary? Do you think it's essential? I do. I think it's essential. I think one of the biggest reasons why racists exist um, is because they're individuals who are constantly in a fixed place, who choose to be in a fixed place and not recognize that we have different experiences and everybody has a different experience that causes you to like, or should cause you to reflect on what you believe and then line that up to, okay, this is this experience. This is what I believe. How do those things um, interact or how does that affect what I believe in? Based off of those experiences, is it something that I need to change or something that um, I'm okay with? But like giving yourself the option though to be challenged by life experiences, I think it's key to like growth in, in anything. Like, can you actually really believe something if you're not necessarily challenged? Or if that thought isn't challenged, I don't hmm. know. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't know why I thought of this topic, but I think sometimes when I daydream, I just like, hmm, hmm, evolution, hmm, change. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I also, I guess in some ways I see how our selves are fixed, but I also see how that self is also open to outside influences. <laughs> um, because, and like if I said something about this, like your core self being what it is, but then certain things being able to be influenced and changed. Because I, for example, like I consider myself to be someone who is open. And because of that core personality, that allows me to receive outside influences and then process that and translate that into my behavior, if that makes sense. Um, and so I, I see our ability to change as good <laughs> um, because it's also a way of adapting and going, like essentially with how... Yeah, essentially being able to adapt and being able to be flexible as well. Yeah, but one thing that I was also thinking about is when we talk about people changing, one thought that came to mind is how sometimes we're obsessed with celebrities and how they change. Um, True. but we're also not just celebrities, but also obsessed with the way other people change. And I was wondering before we start, before we move towards other people's changes, like if we can reflect on the ways in which we 
co-hosts of NYC podcast. <laughs> the <laughs> we, way we, we the <laughs> we the people, <laughs> the way we have changed over the years, like either physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. Uh, you oh, know, <laughs> talk about that part. <laughs> uh, mm, I can go. Um, I think in in all of those phases that you just touched on like in the past you know five six years I feel like I most definitely have changed um whether it was you know spiritually I remember very vividly one experience um that kind of reinforces this fact is um in college I think it was my senior or junior year we had to take um New Testament or Old Testament but not as like a uh how do I explain this? Not as a conversion tool, but as like actual historic text. And so I remember hearing all these ideas and theologies um, that, I mean, were being graded on. And I'm just like, that ain't what I know. Like, that ain't real. That ain't true. Um, but recognizing that, like, as an individual, I've got, I've grown to a place where I can receive this information and filter that information even though it challenges maybe ideas and thoughts that I personally have. Um, so in that moment, like that class was probably one of my like most challenging times in college. Cause it was like, wow, like this is what I've held to be true for so long. Here are these opposing theologies and ideas and how do I navigate those um, in, in light of what I, what I believe to be true. Um, so definitely change there. Um, I think girl gonna talk financially shoot i'm a student like i went from i went from working to being a grad student so those of you who are in the struggle you know what i mean um so yeah there's that i think even like emotionally like the last few years man i think i've just like every year i grow to love and appreciate like every part of me and like those are parts of me that i never maybe i didn't necessarily appreciate before that now i'm just like I don't want to say living my best life, but just like appreciating like the wholesome me. Um, so yeah, I, I, girl, politically, shoot, let me not even start because mm. that I feel like I, who oh God, mm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna skip on that one. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like my whole my whole person every day with every conversation or with um every struggle that I hear or come across like I'm constantly in a state of like reflection of okay how is this information I just received um processed and how am I applying maybe something that I've heard or discarding something that I've heard like I'm just in a constant state of like sorting through information I feel like Hmm. sorry I have two questions so the first one is about the theologies that you felt like challenged what you previously knew. I guess one question I was I had was did you have any resistance to those new ideas and if you did why do you think you felt that? Mm. I think in, initially I did have a lot of resistance um to some of to some of that because so I don't know if this is the same for anybody, but like growing up in a Nigerian Christian home, um, for example, like there was no if and buts or maybe if you were going to church on Sunday, like (laughs) you just woke up, (laughs) you knew that (laughs) you're getting ready to go to church and you just went to church. Like that's what you did. Um, 
And I feel like, to be honest, like it was only in college that like the concept of relationship and understanding what the faith really meant to me um, started to unfold. So um, the parts of me that were resistant with the parts of me that were like the routine um, beliefs that I had held on to from when I was a kid, um, going to church every Sunday, learning my memory verse, like those those parts of me that I hadn't yet um completely surrendered to a more relationship-based religion um, were very, very resistant. Um, but then the more that I, like I said, I'm constantly in a state of reflection, but then the more I thought about it, like why why do I feel this way about, about this topic? Why do I feel this way about them saying that Jesus was actually a very terrible child? Um, like why, why do I feel this way? And <laughs> Jesus yeah. was a terrible child. Yeah, that he was playing pranks. On people. Listen, girl, it was all kinds of things in that class. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a very interesting course or that, um, the idea that, uh, let's see, Noah's Ark was like not real. Um, that a lot of stories, uh, what's his name, Jonah, Jonah mm-hmm. in the belly of the whale mm-hmm. was all like fiction, mm. um, wasn't real. And I think it's because it challenged what my reality was. Mm. Um, that's what the the biggest tension there was. Yeah. The second question I have is you mentioned being in a co- d- daily constant state of reflection. And I was wondering, is there any underlying goal to the constant, re- like, evolution yeah i think for me like one like i want to live my best life that's just one um i feel like no one is perfect (laughs) i feel like no one is perfect and that we're always learning um and to me like i always want to be in a place where i'm as compassionate as i can be to a person or i'm as understanding as i can be to a person and like i said Nobody is perfect. So the Lord is still working on my heart. Um, But I feel like the reason why I constantly stay in a state of reflection is because I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to deepen my empathy for people um, as best as I can. Because if I'm going to be connecting with human beings every day, I feel like that, like that, I, I just need to be able to hear your story, listen to it, and then empathize in a way that's applicable, if that makes sense. Man, I feel like I'm being interviewed. <laughs> so I'm just, you no, I'm just really curious. Like I said, I was daydreaming and the topic came to mind. So I'm just really curious about your answers. But how about you, Boo, Ife? Yeah. So how I've changed. Hmm. Actually, kind of a funny story. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I went, I recently went on a trip with my BFF and like, I love her, mm-hmm. but every time we get, because we, we, ha- we see each other like maybe once a year and we haven't lived together really since secondary school, which is like how many years ago? 11 years mm-hmm. ago. But anyway, so we, every time we spend extended periods of time together, we always have a spot. We always, the shy fight, mm-hmm. shy, as if we're, you know, children. <laughs> anyway, so we went on this trip and it was brought to my knowledge that I'm a penny pincher. Hmm. I know, I know. And it was kind of hard to take in because one one of my core, one of, one of the things I consider my core personalities is that I'm generous. Mm. So that kind of, yeah, I know, like not to toot my own horn, but I've been told I'm generous. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it, that rocked me because mm. I was like, shit, you know, maybe I'm not generous or what, like, what is it? 
Um, but it turns out that maybe I am still generous, but I'm also particular about money in the sense that I like to keep accounts. Like, you know, mm. if, like I, I like to know how much I owe you and pay you your money, like, immediately. I don't, sorry, I please, can like, you say that one more time? I'm so sorry. For those people who are owing other people. Okay? <laughs> I knew that's where you were going to go. <laughs> I'm just really... <laughs> I mean, I'm not currently scarred or anything. Mm. (laughs) So I like to know how much, you know, I owe you and pay you immediately. I don't like like you to wait and ask me. Like, I don't like that kind of wahala in my life. Mm. I just like to, you know, settle my debts immediately and make, you know, make sure everything is uh, copacetic. Am I using that (laughs) word correctly? Get it, boo. (laughs) So, Yeah. But the thing about it is that, like, how people, other people are kind of, you know, like my BFF, for example, she's more, you know, free flowing, more, you know, it'll, you know, we'll figure it out. I mean, I'm like, no, like, let's keep a tab. Let's keep a running tab of what's going on so that at the end, we know how much, you know, how much, um, who is owing who what and, you know, we can whatever. And it just made me realize that yes, I can be I can be a little too particular about the accounts, and I have and I, I there's room for some laxity, and it made her also realize that she might be a little too lax, and you know everybody has that same standard of laxity, and you know, yeah. So that was one thing that that that's one particular change when you said change and whatever and financial. I was like, wow, perfect example of that um so yeah so in terms of money now i am a little more chill oh hallelujah but i also Drinks let you know, <laughs> i'm a little more chill <laughs> um like in, like but the thing about me is like i like to know if i'm giving a gift let me know i'm giving a gift like i will give you a gift and you know i know it's a gift i just don't like the expectation of you think it's a gift but i don't know it's a gift and i'm like yeah as well Where's Wait, my money, bro? So essentially, the like, like how... ambiguity, you, you like want to know exactly. Yeah, you want everybody to exactly, be clear. exactly. Um, but I've, I've, I've learned that I can be a little, you know, there's room for more laxity and more chillness, if you will, about stuff like that. Uh, in terms of physical changes, <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh like that. Sir. Well, <laughs> well. I feel like I've always... The funny thing is that hmm, uh, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, mm. basically. Mm. So I feel like I've always been bigger than my peers in terms of, like, I've always been fatter. I feel like I, like, maybe went through puberty before my peers. So I've always, yeah, I've always been bigger. And looking back now to, like, primary school and secondary school, if and when I was, you know, I was bigger than my peers, but like not even that much bigger, you know, it's like maybe, and I looked good, but I was looking at pictures of myself in uni, like I was like, yeah, I, like that affair was thin compared to this affair, essentially, I've gotten fatter, is, <laughs> is the bottom line. And yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to be a thin person. I was, I've never, I, yeah, maybe the last time I was thin, I was like maybe 10. Or nine, and even then, I was like big boned. But yeah, physical changes. Um, 
I don't know. Is this helpful? It, it, I feel it, like, it, who, it, who, it, wants, who wants to know about <laughs> how my body has expanded? But this is the thing, like, right? You know, so, okay, like, so now we're talking about, like, okay, let's focus on how you've changed physically, right? But, so you've changed physically, but you said, you compared yourself now and, I don't know, when you were 10, but where you've been living those two pl- times were also different. Even geographically, but also at one point you were living with your parents. <laughs> and at another point you weren't living with your parents. At one point you were in Nigeria. and I was in a... So, I mean, this all goes to like what influences those changes. Like when you're in a different place, you're exposed to different things that affect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, going back to what influences those changes, I realized that like being poor in college made mm. me like penny pincher like ish mm. uh, paycheck <laughs> is already all accounted for breath mm. you know mm. <laughs> there's no no wiggle room for any frivolities like being you know thankfully i'm a whole year because room and board like you you know you're not going to go hungry or anything yeah. but like if you want to buy laundry detergent if it, like there's thing you know there are things that you still need money, money for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so Kind of not having parents send you pocket money, mm. kind of not not having that cushion, that kind of cushion. Or when, if anyone remember when people say, "Oh, let's go for Vegas mm. night," or you mm-hmm. know all these like people will say, "Oh, let's oh spring break, hey, <laughs> spring people used to break. go on spring break trip." So I uh, will just eh? get ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we just stay on look. Hey, we will go to Cabo, Miami. <laughs> Puerto Rico, <laughs> we're just like, well, maybe, maybe we'll just sit down here and do our homework. <laughs> Isn't that so real? Ah, man. Yeah, but essentially, that ex- being in that environment of having to be prudent with available mm-hmm. resources made me, I think that's, that's what, you know, gave room to the penny pinching. And also going back to my, like, physical my <laughs> my body um moving to america and getting used to the food and just trying to figure out what works and what to mm-hmm. eat and what not to mm-hmm. eat that whole freshman 15 is real mm-hmm. so yeah mm. and also the way of life is different like exactly well, the climate is different the, yeah yeah, yeah. I just remember, I just had a thought. Remember when we used to eat, uh, we used to eat cereal with half and half? That was, no, okay, that yeah. was Sephacol. Remember that? <laughs> that was Sephacol and Celeste. Was it only Sephacol? I feel like just putting their business out there. <laughs> Sorry, Sephacol. It's a bit slim, so she, 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 she like, I mean, she just wanted, she wanted to put on weight, Seth. But yeah, I think at some point, Sha, we ate we didn't eat it as consistently as Sefi. Mm-hmm. I think Sefi always, and that's how she always had us it. But the fact that we thought that half and half was milk <laughs> or something that we should be eating with cereal. You know, it's kind of wild. Oh, but yeah. uh, so let me offer something to bring up. Oh, do you? Oh, no, no, no. Go no, ahead. No, no. That was a very excited ooh. No. Nothing. I was going to talk about like politics and religion. Do it. Let me you go. Do it. Yeah. No. If uh, you go ahead. Um. So religion-wise, 
I'm more skeptical than I was mm-hmm. in terms of I'm not just, you know, accepting what pastors say or just accepting that mm-hmm. pastors have some, you know, yes, they're called and whatever, sure, but they are not demigods, mm-hmm. you know? Mm, absolutely. And in Nigeria, there's mm. this culture of, hey, he's a man of God, you must not speak wrong of him he must not whatever whatever oh you know if you talk to pastor you're cutting your blood <laughs> maybe i should never start no because i'm about to open a question for you about this is it okay yes, if i ma- ask my question yes, yes so what has your trans your church transition been like oh bruv so ah you know what actually so now my parents usually again about just like Eka Sunday everybody you know there's no if buts maybe's they're going to church on Sunday but now if I say I'm not going my my parents will say okay you know benefits <laughs> wow. of being a grown of being a grown ass is that there are some things that they just they're like well you are how old are you you're twenty six. <laughs> A woman, my mother was married that's my age. She keeps telling me so. Oh. With that comes some <laughs> level of freedom. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just find now I'm again going back to the religion and church in Nigeria and how, for example, in Nigeria there's church on every corner. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's like business now. My my housekeeper says that. And when she church at his school. So translation is things that are bringing money, things that people have turned into business are churches and schools in Nigeria. Because every corner there's a church, there's a school. And it really is. And it's not saying, you know, the moral fabric of Nigeria is getting any better. You cannot see any visible, you know, internal transformation. You can't, you know, it's all. It's all very transactional. Or if I if I go to church, however many times, whatever, I'll be blessed. Mm. Or do you understand what I'm saying? It's not okay. What is the church doing for the community? Churches, mm-hmm. are, churches in Lagos, maybe not in Lagos anymore, but in Nigeria, I technically live in Ogun State, but um, like I live in the Lagos Metropolis, so it's like you know New York Metropolis, but you live in New Jersey. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody. Yeah. But essentially, the laws that govern my my area are Ogun State's laws, and Ogun State hasn't started enforcing its its noise pollution laws or statutes. <laughs> There's a church right across from my house, mm. and it is always blaring, you know, at the weirdest fucking times. Mm. So maybe like Thursday nights they do nice vigil, and you're trying to. I'm like, how is this being neighborly? The Bible says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." <laughs> do you? Would you accept this kind of behavior and wow. this kind of noise pollution mm. if if this was next door to you? Mm-hmm. It's such. It's so like they're such terrible neighbors, mm. and I'm like, you people, like one of the core tenets of Christianity, yo. Mm. One of the laws that Jesus gave us is love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might mm-hmm. and love anybody as yourself. Yeah. And you are actually terrible. <laughs> You're not doing that. 
So, yeah. So, I just have less patience in terms of religion. Going back to the main cocoa of the matter. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the long-winded. It's okay. We're here to vent. We're here for you. But, my point is that I'm less tolerant of hypocrisy. I'm more... My, my bullshit detector is sharp. Mm. And I'm quick. Point and kill. And And I'm quick to call bullshit on so many things. So, for example, now that touched my anointed um, thing that Nigerians used to used to shield pastors from from criticism. Criticism is actually taken out of context from the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, God was talking about how He will protect the people of Israel. I believe when they went into new lands. Mm. Not he was not talking about pastors <laughs> in that thing. So like again, don't let quote unquote men of God feed you bullshit mm. is what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. Let me So you said me, religion and they said politics. For now. Oh yeah yeah I said politics. Okay, yeah. Another thing, I think I've always been outspoken. I I think I, on the last episode I said I was one of the did I say that? refresh our memory and some other conversation but back in qc Mm. i was like one of i was maybe the first person to say i was a feminist in like js1 or something and people were like ah you are a feminist oh (laughs) do you hate men (laughs) and even (laughs) even though i did not you know my feminist politics Mm. wasn't fully formed wasn't Mm -hmm. but i just knew that you know i um I'm wholly human and I, you know, and I, and I deserve and I want to, I, I, I'm as good as any man. Mm. So that was like the bottom line of my, mm. my, of my feminist politics at that time. Mm. So I think I've always been vocal mm-hmm. and mm. always been, I'd like to think I've always been like in pursuit of justice and, and whatever, but now it's changed in the sense that it's more encompassing, it's more nuanced, it's more layered it's more and it's also like less tolerant of bullshit again Mm -hmm. so when people play devil's advocate and say oh you know what about you know maybe nazis are actually good i'm like no nobody (laughs) why are you defending why are you defending a fucking nazi it's you know you should be defending the vulnerable people. Why Why is the hill you want to die on mm. the further propagation of Nazi propaganda? They don't yeah. need you. Mm-hmm. You know, face your work. Focus mm. on the important things, please. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm less tolerant of those kind of, you know, whataboutism of Nazi, yeah, mm-hmm. things like that. <laughs> like, I, I don't believe uh, Nazi, I don't support Nazis, but I I will support their rights to say whatever. I'm like, no, no. Shut them down. Punch a fucking Nazi. Oh, yes. hello. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, well, this just a disclaimer. Not that I need to say this, but NYC does not endorse violence. But <laughs> <laughs> this is not what we're here for. Well, I mean, I mean, NYC might not, but exactly, exactly. Um, tells you to defend yourself mm-hmm. and yes, yes. Um, take no bullshit yeah so just to quickly contribute to the conversation i 
I was thinking about this and like how I personally have changed over time. And one of the ways I feel like I've changed is in the past, I used to see things as very black and white. Like this, Mm. there was no gray area. Like this is what I know is right. And this is what I know is wrong. And there wasn't, I mean, I would converse, but in my mind, I already knew. (laughs) 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 I was already sure of my judgment. And that was the other thing too. I was very quick to judge. Like, Um, and the other prior way of thinking that I had was, I always thought that my, well, not that my way was the only way, but what I had been taught was the only way. Um, and that comes in terms of religion, um, and in terms of sexuality and, and, um, and as well as other things, like I just, I, because I lived a sheltered life and sheltered in the sense that. My mom raised my brother and I by herself and she was very protective of us. And so there were things, there were a lot of things we could not do in her house because she was paying Mm. rent and she was the matriarch. So there are certain things that she allowed Mm -hmm. us to do. But so in that sense, we were sheltered. And so a lot of ideas I had, even when I went to QC and when I went on to college was very sheltered and there wasn't room for... I guess, understanding what other people were going through, like taking into consideration other people's backgrounds and other people's ideologies and all of that. So I think over time, and also the more I read, the more I become aware of the other ways of thinking, but also the other ways of living that there are. Um, And so in that sense, like becoming more aware of that has made... I felt like I've become more hesitant to say something is black and something is white. And mm-hmm. I, I, I take more, and it's sometimes I've, I've also wavered on whether it's a good thing or a bad thing because I'm very slow to pronounce judgment on something. I'm always like, hmm. I always try to be diplomatic. And sometimes mm-hmm. I, I, I do try not to go to one end of the spectrum in the sense that like I'm just letting anything fly. But I'm al- I always err on the side of there are many sides. <laughs> um, yeah. Or there are different ways to see this and you know, trying to be diplomatic in that sense. Um, And I guess the the sub question I had was what has changed those ideas. And for me, like I said, like it's a, the experiences I've had, but also the more I read, the more I re-evaluate, like Um, (laughs) self-evaluate. So moving on quickly, if you already touched on this, but touched on your BFFs, you know, not it wasn't necessarily her resistance to your change, but it was more there was this clash of you both had different ways of seeing money, and one question yeah. that mm-hmm. I had in mind pertaining to change is everybody like we talked about earlier like we we don't we we don't believe that the self is fixed so which means either our coworkers are changing <laughs> um our friends have changed we ourselves have changed and i was wondering what kind of resistance you've had to other people's changes or on the other hand what um you know how have others been resistant to the ways that you have changed if you have any examples that you want to share <laughs> Yeka O mm-hmm. over here. Um, I think also in light of how I've also changed, I remember um, like being younger 
and this is a faith one, like hearing like other people who grew up Christian wanting to like explore other religions. Um, and I'm just like, ah, why? (laughs) 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 What's the need? Um, and you know, the reality is like, if they feel like there's a need for them to do that, then there's a need for them to do that. There's something that they probably felt was missing um, or something that they didn't understand and recognizing in that moment that like, well now recognizing that way, like this is their journey. And ultimately like Christ gave everybody a choice. And so it's their choice to want to explore um, that. So how can you be a good enough friend in that situation? So that's one way I know in the past that I've um, been resistant to other people's changes but also now looking back, recognizing that I have also changed in the way I approach that situation um, going forward. Um, but in the ways that people have been resistant to my change. So I feel like I've been um, very passionate about like just speaking up for people who can't speak for themselves. But I feel like my voice got like a microphone, a megaphone, and every other amplification device after I got to college. Um, and I remember like going back home and like, it just didn't sit well with me to hear like unnecessary stereotypes. And I just always felt the need to not be a bystander. So I would always be like, wait, so what does that mean? Like wanting to probe and explore further and then being met with the, why are you being disrespectful to your elders type of deal? (laughs) And it's like, no, I'm just pushing back on what you said. I don't think that's disrespectful. You're just not wanting to acknowledge the fact that, you know, you're not accepting the fact that now I'm bolder and I'm more vocal about what I believe and what I, you know, I'm passionate about. Um, So definitely in that, as, as as a young Nigerian woman, having to sit in the midst of Nigerian men, and even up till today, even my dad, if I'm being honest, like there's some conversations that, I feel like my dad is almost like, wait, like, where's this audacity to mm. address this coming from? But I don't, I, don't, I just, I don't feel like I can just, I, I can just sit there and not say anything because that's just not the person that I am now. Like I've evolved into this person who will not be a bystander, you know? So yeah, that's definitely one way I know that I've gotten a, a lot of, you know, resistance. Props to you, girl. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We just give God all the glory on today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, sorry, if we so zoom to... out, sorry, if I, you can add to this one, I, I just wanted to ask <laughs> ask another question. I want journalists. So, like, mm. if we zoom out from, like, because resistance can be seen in different ways. Like, for example, like, you speaking out more, people can see that as, like, yeah, so one resistance can look like somebody misinterpreting the those changes and another resistance can look at can look like someone saying I'm rejecting this. <laughs> like I don't I don't agree with this. Um so sorry, that was just something that came to mind, but if you were going to say something. Yes. I was going to say similar to Koyeka and how I've been vocal. I think one of my one of the people that has really noticed that or has commented on it anyway is my dad. And because he'll say, you know, when we're having conversations about whatever, I'm pretty outspoken now. Mm. And there's a point in life where your parents, you know, they're, they're always going to be your parents. But mm. at some point you can talk to them. You can, you can have adult conversations mm. like 
almost like intellectual peers, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about, I think, feminism or something. And I was like, and I told him, I said, that's sexist. Or like, tell me why you're saying that. Mm. You know, like, break it down for me. Why are, you know, let's get to the root of this. And mm-hmm. why, I can't remember the exact conversation. And I was like, but that's sexist. Like, if you wouldn't say that about a man, why are you saying it about a woman? Why are you, whatever. And so now, when he says, because we, we I'm, I drive with him, and like, we're in the car together a lot of times. And... He say sometimes, was that sexist? I was like, no, you know, I'll tell him yes and no. <laughs> wow. That's like, so, that's like heartwarming I though. I, I can almost <laughs> cry. Like, like wow. where is the tissue? <laughs> if they're changing lives, if they're changing lives. Like, life. steady. Steady, boo, steady. On behalf of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I even got him um, Chimamanda's We Shall Be Feminists what? as a little primer. I was like, Come okay, on let's in here. And let's, let's talk because I feel like that is, that book is kind of, is more accessible to, especially in our own cultural context. So, it's like, mm. okay, read it and let's, let's chat, let's chat after. Mm. Um, but I want to talk about not, like changing change in relationships or how relationships change. Mm. So I'm the kind of person that I like to hold on to things. Maybe mm. not hold on, but I try to not let friendships die. Mm. So I I try to really reach out. I try to kind of keep the fire burning. Mm. And as I've gotten older or you know, quasi recently, semi recently, um I've come to understand that the length of the relationship is not as important as the quality. And like, you know, if it's, it's like, be, you know, when they say, Oh, don't be happy. It, it, don't be sad. It ended. Be happy. It happened. You know, mm-hmm. that cliche, mm-hmm. <laughs> that cliche talk, but it's real in terms of the, the time you spent loving someone, the time you spent being friend with, friends with someone because that relationship changed doesn't mean that you were never friends or that friendship wasn't valuable or sweet or, you mm. know, edifying or what you needed at the time. Um, there's this Yoruba proverb that goes, That means 20 children are, don't remain friends for 20 years. Mm. Um, so, like, relationships will change. So, essentially, what where am I going with this? I'm going with I'm learning to be more in, at peace with how relationships change. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning to let go of relationships that are dead or dying. Or, you know, like, I, it's not like I'm not going to fight for it. But, you know, I'm going to, at some point, you have to stop resuscitating a dead body, you know? Mm. Wow. <laughs> so, so I've, I've, I've come to that point where, you know, Time of death, whatever, whatever, or you know, time of time of being put in ice. You know, we can pick up where we left off if mm. the situation and environment makes us be together again. Mm. Because I'm the kind of person like I chase people. I'm like, oh, can you meet up now? Can you? I'm like, it is draining on the body and on the psyche, and it's just like, ah, uh-uh. so many Am I the only one that is, you know? Right yeah. to it. <laughs> Deep does come, babe. Um, for me, okay, oof. okay. So for me, I had two. One was uh body, and then the other one was like career. 
Um, and it made me think about when people change, why we get resistance, why we resist those changes. And also when we change, why people resist our changes. And sometimes we either are resistant to other people's changes because we feel threatened by that change. Like, so for example, like over the years, like we talked about earlier, like moving to the States and getting used to the food, like my body just just ballooned (laughs) and in the course of that having reactions from my family but also friends like people being like oh you've added you need to do this and you need to do that Uh, i mean and granted actually fucking terrible i'm just not buying your business mind your business mind your business (laughs) but like in addition to that like even let's dive deeper right like i just i read hunger by roxanne gay last year which i really loved and i highly recommend um there's this guise of oh we're concerned about your health which is why we're telling you that you've put on weight and which is why we're telling you you need to watch what you're eating but beneath all of that too is this idea of i have this I have this image of what I want you to look like and Mm, I have, but I'm also used to seeing you a certain way. So now that you change, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this new way that you look Mm -hmm. like my body can't handle it. So I need you to, I need you to go back to the way you used to look. So I, I, I guess that's one thing that I was thinking about is like, why do we resist other people's changes? And it's because there's something about the way we've always interacted with them that when they change, we feel like that threatens the relationship or we feel mm. like, you know, they've, <laughs> it's almost like they've deceived us. They've betrayed you <laughs> <Yes>. somehow. <laughs> they betrayed you. It's like, how could you do this to me? You know? So yeah. I think a lot of times we navigate this world with expectations of other people, of how we want other people mm. to be. So when they change yeah. on us, we're like, ah, I cannot, I cannot handle this. No, do what I wanted you to do. And it's also a form of control. If we think about mm. it, it's like we're trying to control mm. how other people live their lives. And that goes back, also ties into like career wise. Like for a while, I always thought there was one particular way I wanted to go down and it was medicine and all of that. And in the past few years, that has changed. And it's been interesting to see people's reactions to that and uh, hear, I mean, most of it has been positive, but hearing people say what they think I should do. And it goes back to like this resistance about like, and I think this is an Audre Lord quote that if you don't define yourself for yourself, other people will essentially crush you into their own fantasies about you. Mm-hmm. And wow, so, beautiful. so yeah, it goes back to that changing. And it's like, I, when we keep changing, there's always going to be pushback because people have a fantasy about how they want you to be and exist and which ties into my last question so that we can wrap this lovely conversation but like if we expand our scope to like culture and society like how we change as people as you know part of like a society and there's always going to be people who are resistant to that and say like no we've always done things this way (laughs) like this is the traditional way and people are like resistant to that um so I, I feel like we if we want to, we can have a conversation about this, but I just I think of Adichie's, Chimamanda Adichie's quote about like, you know, 
Yeah. Culture doesn't make people. It's people that make culture. So when I was thinking about that question, I was thinking like, okay, we started with the personal. This is how we change. And so if we believe that the self isn't static, it's, it's not stagnant, why doesn't, why shouldn't that translate into cultural change? I agree. I agree that it should translate. This is if I agree that it should translate into cultural change. And yeah, yeah. But what do we do? We have any vision of what that change would look like for like specifically Nigeria, specifically Lagos? Like what some of our visions are for those changes? Yeah, for me, vision for Lagos, vision for Nigeria is that we stop using religion as a crutch and we stop you know when you complain about something oh they haven't given us lights for a week ah it is well Louis. yeah sorry you know i'm like okay they haven't given us lights for a week what mm. shall we do about it are we going to go to the electricity company office are we like what are we actively doing yeah. to change this so the culture of complacency the culture of you know sedan they look sedan mm. you know on look things pretending it's not happening or the culture of allowing mediocrity or like relishing in mediocrity so that's when you get to that position you two can get there the and same be thing, mediocre yeah. and you know be raking in money so mm-hmm. that it, it, a culture shift towards action mm-hmm. towards collective responsibility towards justice and equity mm-hmm. that's really well said Yeka hmm. uh, over here and thinking on that question I think be- before I can even begin to have you know a vision of you know mindsets that need to change and practical things that I would like to see you know differently I think what I would really hope is that we have that we as a people challenge ourselves to constantly seek truth and I recognize that some people may say that truth is relative depending on like your perspective or your your ideologies in life but I feel like we we shy from getting down to the facts of things. So for example, like someone does a study and says, "Okay, it looks like the number of automobile accidents happening is super high. So then how do we make driving safe?" Right. So we acknowledge that there's a problem. Um, and then after acknowledging that there's a problem, we then look for practical solutions. I feel like as Nigerians, we we don't acknowledge that there's a problem sometimes. And because we can't all agree that there's a certain type of problem, we don't do anything to like change that. So my biggest vision is for us to get to a place where we're accepting that this is a problem, accepting that oh, the way I view women is a problem. Accepting the way that I view rape is a problem. Accepting the way that we treat one another is a problem. And then going from there to create practical solutions. So I guess more objective, um, more objective viewpoints would be great. But also the story about this snake eating how much... Oh my God, I was going to say that too. Okay. (laughs) All right. Like... Let's so tell it's the like, people. So it's like, fam, are we really yeah. going to accept this? Like, <laughs> yeah. And the thing is that, like, is a culture of there's there are no consequences for things like this. No. Okay, now okay, we've laughed, we've laughed, we we've kikied about the. Let's tell the story first. Let's tell it. Let's tell it. Who, who wants who to take it? Facts. I don't have the facts. <laughs> <laughs> I have a rough sketch. 
I am closer to ground, so there's a rough. <laughs> let me give you guys the rough details. So, in Nigeria, mm. we have a education body called the Joint Admissions and Matriculation Board, mm-hmm. and they Jump. are the Jump. Mm. They are the body that um, sets up a, that 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 deals with the university admissions. So admissions into Nigerian universities, they set up the exams you take, mm-hmm. they liaise with the universities and like, you know, essentially you take the exam, you get, you apply, you indicate um, the schools you want to go to on your jam form when you're right, when you're submitting the form mm-hmm. and whatever. Anyway, so you essentially have to buy a jam form mm. and over the years, they have made it such that you like buy a scratch card instead of like paying money into an account or something. They've tried to change the whatever. Mm-hmm. Then there and there are jam offices all over the country in every state. I think in every local government, maybe not in every local government, maybe it's in every state. I mm-hmm. don't. I'm not quite sure. But yes, but there's this jam office, and they were doing an audit, and they were like, oh, they found out like 36 million naira was mm-hmm. missing. And the woman that was supposed to be in charge of the money, mm. when they queried her, she said, ah, I don't know what happened, though, blah, blah, blah. That's one of my helpers or one of my staff or a maid or something. She said, the maid turned into a snake and mm. went into the locked vault oh and God. swallowed. <laughs> swallowed. <laughs> swallowed. There's a six million naira. Even there's six million in any denomination. It's a fuck ton of money. Mm-hmm. It's not... Yeah. Like, imagine the amount of money that the 6 million naira is. Mm. And the thing about it is that, you know, like, we'll laugh about it. So, this it became a national news story. And people were laughing. And, you know, of course, we'll make jokes and all of that. But, so yeah, after the laughter, after the jokes, what are the what is the consequence for this stolen money? Are we mm. accepting this, this zobo, this hot like, dodo? This like, bobo juice and, and the part that annoys That's me it. is the fact that, like, I, I can't remember which of the officials did this. Went in there with snake charmers to do what? Mm. <laughs> <I need laughs> to call out the snake? <laughs> Come up from where you are hiding. Like, what does that even mean? I didn't hear that one that mm. someone went with snake charmers. Yeah, yeah, to do what? Like, what are you going there to do? <laughs> that there was a guy rescued 36 million that was swallowed by a snake. Like, can you give us a break? Can you? I swear, like, when you hear these stories, you're like, somebody came up with this. Like, somebody has been watching too many Nollywood movies. Like, if I'm, I'm telling you. And knows we're going to accept it. That's just the reality. Mm. And, and that's the thing. And that's, I'm like, okay, see, in Nigeria, there are no consequences for bad behavior. That is nah. why bad behavior is so rampant. Mm. You know, there's not, there's nothing that, what's going to happen to that woman now? Mm. And the funny thing is that, like, we'll laugh. So now people are, you know, how people do WhatsApp jokes and WhatsApp boys. Yes. Somebody was like, oh, I have so many snakes for sale. I have a python, <laughs> I have a kinnikal, it can swallow up to. <laughs> Wow. So, like, people have turned this into. Oh, people have been making jokes about this for for a while now. But um, oh. so because we're we're running out of time, so I just quickly want to say that, like, for example, you think about a story like that, and you know, earlier in the conversation, yeah, up Nepa. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it just brought light. I mean, at this point, I'm like, should I, I should we even continue? We might as well wrap up the episode. <laughs> but I just quickly want to say, Sorry, like, girl. quickly, like, earlier in the episode, we talked about, you know, there being this, like, prolific, 
you know, number of churches and all of that. And then, but you still hear stories like this. And what does it do to like our moral fabric? And it makes me think about how we're so up in arms about, um, people who are vocally feminist or like actively doing stuff in the community, people who are part of the LGBTQ community, like those things would get people so riled up. Yes. Like <laughs> something like story, like snakes swallowing 36 million there is not getting people up in arms. So it just makes me, you know, I'm just hopeful for there to be this change in, is that a fan? It is a fan, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let me turn it off. <laughs> Welcome to Nigeria. No vex. But yeah, I'm just hopeful for like our perspective as like a society, like surrounding like very intolerant like views about sexuality and religion. Like if that can change and for us to not see difference as these threats to our way of like always doing things. Um and uh, I think I'm also, and this might get a little personal, but I'm also hoping, and this, even individually, I'm struggling with this because it goes back to like comparison is the theft of joy. <laughs> and it just made me think about if I, when you were saying like earlier, like if you look at like just yourself and how your body has changed, like back then, you know, or however you are now, like you're perfectly fine, but, um, relative to other people so it made me think about that but also like earlier i was having a conversation with my family and (laughs) my aunt piped up in the background that one of my distant cousins or family friends or whatever she is like got married so hinting at the fact that like ah when is my own coming (laughs) um and so you know things like that just make me think like damn can we ever really be concerned with what is right in front of us and be happy for what we do have because marrying into another family brings its own issues so why can't we just be happy with, you know, the life that I have now, the joy that I have now. And when whoever comes, comes, you know, we'll accept him and, you know, we'll make it work. But this idea that like, oh, my friends, this is doing this and why haven't this keeping up with the Joneses, like, it just, it really does steal our joy because we can't focus on what we actually do have. Um but yeah, thank you ladies for indulging me and for having this conversation about change and all of that. So thank you. It's dope, it's dope, it's dope. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for this topic. Yeah. So just to wrap up the episode, let's share what we are reading and watching, listening to um, quickly with those who are listening. Okay. So Yeka over here. Um, I'm currently listening to Praises 2-Minute EP. I just want to say on behalf of every praise fan from the past, thank you for coming back to your roots. We were tired of this like everyday mindless music. So thanks for coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, I'm, yeah, I, y'all don't even know. Anyways, whatever. I'm also listening to Rikasani's um, Believe collaboration with Files on the Lamy Day. I love Rikasani. Oh my god, I saw his video on Ndani, their YouTube mm-hmm. channel, and I was like, this guy is kind of big, though. Like, yeah, has he been on yeah, my right? life? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is Ife. I'm reading Easy Motion Tourist by Leia Dinley. So it is a it's a book published by Kasama Republic and it is a crime thriller set in Lagos. Hmm. So 
on the blurb it says it's Tarantino esque. You know, uh-uh. Tarantino has right? well, th- yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so people say it's Tarantino-esque and it is, it's just a fast pace and it's definitely a page turner. And in addition to it being a good thriller and having a good cast of characters, it is actually, it actually has really good commentary on life in Lagos. Hmm. So from, you know, the island, the kind of social stratification that's island versus mainland kind of thing, hmm. then the little idiosyncrasies of for example, police in Lagos and how they are essentially a law unto themselves, but they also have to try to keep the you know try to keep the peace with really terrible resources like they're under underfunded and so it's it's a good it's a good book. I recommend it. Is that it? Okay, Ooh, I can. And I'm watching Westworld. <laughs> if anyone and I are watching Westworld, did we talk about that already when we spoke in our last episode? I forget. I don't. I don't think we did. Oh. Oh, well, you mentioned you were oh, watching it, but um, I mean, oh, okay, but you didn't say any. Yeah, you didn't. No, you mentioned it as one of the episodes you were watching. But I don't think you said anything about it. I don't remember, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, if anyone here, I am listening to the Black Panther album. Like, <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> when it ends, I'm like, all right, it's replay. <laughs> from the, again from the top. Um. I watched the Black Panther movie um, twice, <laughs> and um, I, I, yeah, hmm. yeah. If he's living her best life, guys, best guys. Life. Like Thursday, I went. Um, there was an event in Detroit, so I watched it in a theater full of black people. Um, it was lit. It was a party. There were drums in the lobby. Like people showed out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there were some things that I didn't get to hear during the movie which i already knew ahead of time so i started again yesterday um and it's fucking fantastic so when all of y'all watch it we should probably have a discussion about it um actually like the whole episode actually that would be fun you should talk about it um but yeah so i'm listening to the black panther album watching i saw the movie and yeah so thank you everybody for listening i hope we hope you enjoyed this episode and yeah we'll see you guys next time bye guys